The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Buzz Burbank, news and comment. Monday, November 7th, 2016. From the one-man worldwide newsroom, this is free and independent news on a commercial-free Monday, made possible when you support the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. Donald Trump was wrong, again. Hillary Clinton will not face criminal charges over her use of a private email server. The FBI says it's completed its review of 650,000 emails from Anthony Weiner's laptop computer and has found no classified material. The FBI is once again saying there is no case against Clinton. Of course, the news may have come too late for her, since millions of early votes had already been cast when FBI Director James Comey announced these emails had been found in Weiner's possession. And because Trump has never let the facts get in the way of his campaign, he's urging voters to correct at the ballot box what he sees as a miscarriage of justice. Still, the weekend ended for Clinton considerably better than it had begun. On Friday, she was tied in the polls, the email investigation was again hanging over her, and there were indications she might not get the 270 electoral votes a candidate needs to win the White House. By Sunday, she had bounced back in the polls to a three- or four-point lead over Trump. She was cleared in the email probe, and the Philadelphia transit strike that threatened to keep her supporters there away from the polls had ended. Trump, meanwhile, is still claiming the election's rigged, but that he and his supporters will beat the system. To do that, he'd have to win most of the states that are now up for grabs. Clinton, on the other hand, may lose some states she'd expected to win, but will still have enough to get to 270 electoral votes. But when it comes to enthusiasm, Trump's crowds are still noticeably bigger than Clinton's, and Republicans have now virtually caught up with Democrats in early voting. Scandals, real and imagined, continue to plague both candidates. Among the latest, two former aides to Donald Trump's transition team manager have been found guilty of corruption and now each face up to 20 years in prison. The aides to New Jersey Governor Chris Christie were convicted Friday over the politically motivated closing of the George Washington Bridge that carries commuters from Fort Lee, New Jersey to New York City. The bridge was closed by Christie's people as revenge against Fort Lee's mayor, who refused to support Christie's gubernatorial re-election campaign. There's evidence Christie knew about the plot, but he denies it. He'll be called to testify in a related case later this month. When it comes to presidential races, the stakes have never been so high and the tension is impossible to ignore. A man with a gun was arrested just outside the White House while the president was away. The man was wearing a Guy Fox mask, but then so were thousands of others staging a protest in Washington, D.C. Saturday. Billed as the Million Mask March, it was a protest against corruption in business and government. More on that shortly. Three other people wearing masks that day have also been arrested. They for vandalizing the FBI building and Donald Trump's newest hotel in D.C.'s old post office plaza building. They had spray-painted the word corrupt on FBI headquarters. In Denver, Colorado, Trump's campaign office building was spray-painted with the words Trump, thief, pervert. That followed a baseball-sized rock through a window there earlier in the day. Both those incidents are still being investigated. At a Trump rally in Reno Saturday, someone in the crowd shouted, Gun! Secret Service agents rushed the candidate off the stage. Secret Service looked thoroughly. There was no gun. The warning had apparently been shouted by someone who saw a protester in the crowd. The ruckus may have saved the protester's life since police pulled off of him. Trump supporters who were, quoting the protester, 
kicking me and grabbing me in the crotch and just beating the crap out of me. The protester says he's a Republican who does not support Donald Trump. Adding to the tension, government officials are on guard for possible terror attacks around the country today. Although no plots have been uncovered, there's been chatter. Al-Qaeda has been rumbling about attacks on New York, Virginia, and Texas. But law enforcement will also be looking out for voter intimidation at the polls tomorrow. New York's mayor says there'll be at least one cop at every polling place. And there's concern about Russian hackers who've been called to arms by one of their leaders. Although it's extremely unlikely hackers could get into our election systems, they're already releasing phony documents on social media through fake websites and may be able to shut off the electrical grid in key voting locations. They can also shut down parts of the Internet, just as they did in what's considered a dry run two weeks ago that shut down Twitter and Amazon. Homeland Security says it's standing by to help providers, including Verizon and Comcast, get the net up and running again in the event of a Russian cyber attack. Nearly three dozen Senate seats are up for grabs tomorrow, too, and although Democrats are expected to win back the Senate by picking up four to six new seats, that's down from the five to seven that had been expected. A slight majority of voters want Republicans to keep control of Congress if Clinton does win. 52% of us say that with a Democrat as president, they'd prefer the House and Senate remain under Republican control. Although Republicans are also expected to lose some seats in the House, they're expected to easily keep control there. The Obama legacy that nearly half the country rejects is the nation's comeback from a double-digit unemployment rate to one that's now 4.9%. The U.S. added 166,000 new jobs last month, maintaining the longest streak of job growth in the country's history. We've added 15.5 million jobs in the past 10 years, most of which saw Barack Obama in the White House. And wages are up nearly 3% just in the past year, the best raises we've seen since the Great Recession of 2008, a crisis inherited by a new president. Donald Trump describes this news and the policies of the current president as disastrous. He's promising big changes, mostly tax breaks and deregulation of big business in another run at trickle-down economics. Hillary Clinton's promising higher wages and even more jobs through a focus on renewable energy and repaired roads and bridges and to otherwise continue the policies of President Obama. If the stocks, if the stocks on the S&P had dropped again today, this would have been the longest losing streak since 1975. Wall Street closed Friday after nine straight money-losing days. S&P stocks had lost 3% in that stretch, matching a record set in 1980. The Dow had lost 451 points in the past month or so. The reason is nervousness about and weariness over tomorrow's presidential election. Investors clearly prefer a win for Clinton, seeing her policies as more stable than Trump's. This morning, both the Dow and the S&P opened up nearly 30 points. A controversial figure in the Bill Clinton administration has died. Janet Reno, who staged the deadly raid on a cult compound in Waco, Texas, and fought for young Cuban refugee Elian Gonzalez, has died at the age of 78 after a long battle with Parkinson's disease. Likely caused by fracking and oil-drilling wastewater, a 5.0 earthquake shook Oklahoma last night and was felt as far away as Arkansas and Wichita, Kansas. The quake was centered near Cushing, Oklahoma, home of the world's largest underground oil storage facility. In that area, there was moderate damage to historical buildings and a few minor injuries.
American Horror Story Spartanburg. Police in South Carolina say there may be more bodies on the property of a man where a young woman was kept in chains and hidden away in a storage container. That woman is now rescued, but police found her boyfriend's body. He'd gone missing the same night as 30-year-old Kayla Brown two and a half months ago. Identifying the man's body took some time since he'd been shot repeatedly in the face. His girlfriend, the kidnapped victim, says she believes there are at least four bodies buried on the property of convicted sex offender Todd Kolhep. Police have now found a second body, and Kolhep has reportedly confessed to killing four people. He's now the prime suspect in a grisly quadruple murder 13 years ago. With support from American forces, the capital of ISIS is about to be attacked. Civilians are being warned to take cover as Arab and Kurdish soldiers prepare to invade Raqqa, the Syrian town ISIS has claimed as its capital city. Meanwhile, back in Mosul, a big counterattack by ISIS has pushed Iraqi forces out of some of the territory they'd regained there. In some cases, ISIS fighters posed as civilians trying to flee that war-torn city. But they also used suicide bombers, mortars, and shoulder-mounted missiles. Still, the fight to get control of Iraq's biggest city away from ISIS has made progress in a fight that could take several months. Rolling Stone magazine and a writer are to blame for damaging the reputation of a former official at the University of Virginia. That's the jury's decision about the damage to former associate Dean Nicole Iramo after a Rolling Stone article that painted her as indifferent to an alleged gang rape at one of the school's frat houses. It was later learned the entire story was false, that there was no rape, and that the specific men accused were actually innocent. In a rare move, the jury found the Rolling Stone writer acted with malice, that she not only published damaging information, but did so knowing it was false. The woman who filed the defamation suit was asking for $7 million in damages, but the actual amount will be determined in court later. And there are other lawsuits. Students falsely accused have been turned away by one judge, saying the Rolling Stone article didn't really identify them, but they're appealing that ruling. It may be smoother sailing for a lawsuit filed against the magazine by the fraternity itself for damaging its reputation. That lawsuit's been given a green light. Quoting a lawyer for what used to be just a music magazine, the jury's decision in this case is, quote, the worst thing ever to happen to Rolling Stone. The Million Mask March mentioned earlier was organized by the online hacker group Anonymous, in which members hide their faces with masks that represent historical figure Guy Fawkes. Anonymous plots to undermine corruption and government surveillance through hacking. Guy Fawkes was part of a plot by Catholics to blow up Britain's parliament and kill the country's Protestant king in 1605. November 5th is Guy Fawkes Night, anniversary of an anarchist, and Anonymous celebrates by taking its masks to the streets in cities around the world. There were mask marches in Los Angeles, Brussels, and Edinburgh, Scotland, but the big ones in London, and there was violence at that protest last year. This year brought a bigger police presence complete with riot gear. And although there was less violence at London's Million Mask March this year, even there, 47 people were arrested. The Paris Climate Agreement is now international law. That agreement, signed by the U.S. and 190 other countries, has two-thirds of the world working together to limit future global warming by curbing the use of coal and oil products. The goal is to keep the planet from its current destiny of warming by 3.5 degrees Fahrenheit. Although the agreement requires the next U.S. president to stay in it through 2017, Donald Trump has promised to pull us out of the agreement. 
Trump says the global warming concern is a hoax, and he's pushing for more coal and more oil as the ice caps continue to melt. For all our rightful concern about politics in this country, you don't have to look far to find worse. In South Korea, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people turned out over the weekend to demand the resignation of a president whose approval rating stands at 5%. South Korean President Park Geun-hye has publicly apologized twice, the second time emotionally, for her friendship with the daughter of a cult leader who had collected millions in illicit donations. The president had let that same woman edit her speeches up until now. 20,000 police were called out in Seoul to keep the massive protest under control as people held signs that read, Park Out. Even if you got your Samsung Galaxy Note 7 phone out of your house, you could still be in danger if you own a Samsung top-loading washing machine. They, too, are exploding in their own ways. The machines are flying apart during high-speed cycles. There have been well over 700 complaints of this, and several dozen people have been injured, one of them suffering a broken jaw. Millions of Samsung top loaders are being recalled. The company's offering free in-home repairs to reinforce the machines to keep them from flying apart, or rebates toward a new washer of any brand. Samsung customers who bought their washer in the past 30 days could get a full refund. In the meantime, the company's recommending owners use the delicate cycle, even when washing a load of bedsheets. And finally, police in Berkshire, England, are looking for a bunch of accordions. Using surveillance video, they're also looking for the man who took the accordions. No word on how many accordions the man took, just that he took all of them, an entire collection of accordions previously kept at a musical instrument store. They're worth $160,000 altogether. Some of them are worth as much as $16,000 apiece. Police describe the accordion theft as highly professional, but they feel they have enough evidence on the thief to put the squeeze on him. I'm Buzz Burbank. Thank you for listening, and thanks for supporting the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. I'll be back tomorrow with another Buzz Burbank news and comments. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.